G'day and welcome to the Mailbag City Podcast. It's Monday morning, the sun's slightly earlier than others, but I'm Pete Anthony. I'm joined by Rob Scarry and Mark Roanova on the East Coast. We're going to review the Newcastle meeting from Saturday. Rob Scarry, we'll start with you. Back to Newcastle. How'd you find it? Oh, it's good getting back there. It's a good vibe on the day. A um, lot, lot, lot of people out. Our betting ring was kind of busy. So, yeah, it's big as, much bigger than the Newcastle Cup, mate. Um, so, I guess it's a success there. Um, beautiful day. I got in, you know, ready to, to you know, tear at a new asshole. Declared the two-year-old after, you know, just letting the first go. And, um, yeah, from there it was downhill. But, yeah, enjoyed the day. Good to hang out in the track with my folks. And Mark Roden, how did you find the Newcastle meeting? Uh, good. I finished uh, slightly behind on the units um, in front for the combined Friday night and Saturday afternoon, though. Um, Pin-up missed was my best result on Saturday. It was a big shortener and got the job done. Unfortunately, over the two meetings, my two the two horses, both on Friday night and Saturday, I thought were good things uh, uh, got done, which uh, put a bit of a hole in it. But we still managed to finish in front for the two days, which was good. Okay, excellent. We're going to be taking a look at races 2, 5, 6, 7 and 9 from the Newcastle meeting. We'll start with race 2, which was the two-year-old's race over 900 metres in terms of the overall data. They've gone even here. They've gone 0.4 lengths slow to the 600 and the first two across the line, which were Tiller Rose and Redoute's Image, have both broken the class benchmark. Rob, we'll start with you. Obviously, you found Tiller Rose out of the mounting yard here. Hmm. Yeah, it looks a great start to the day. You know, beautiful Snowden filly. Um, my dad found it too. Mum thought it was a bit soft, which, you know, I, I berated her about afterwards. You don't have to be wound up. 900 to, metres. You know, it's 900 metres. These are sprinters. This is a good thing. Um, looked, uh, jumped beautifully. Um, never really looked like getting beat. The second horse has gone really well. Um, it's funny, funny old ride. Um, I guess the two-year-olds things happen. Some do everything right, some don't. But yeah, she's she's small thing, um, but you know, a little racy little two year old. The the third horse has, has run pretty well, I think. Um, and I thought that was a run or two away. It's a bit of a frame on it, and could certainly improve. Um, down to you know, I think the the first these five horses are actually quite decent, um, and the winner is the one I want to follow out of the race. Okay, Mark, uh, did you have any interest at all in the two year olds on Saturday? I did, actually. It's, um, as I've probably mentioned before, it's not my area, really, but I had my first bet on a two-year-old race for the season, thanks to Rob. I actually liked the Dame Giselle trial form line for the winner, and uh, when he gave the strong push for it, I decided to dip my toe into the water with the two-year-olds and got the money. It was a nice win. Um, yeah, the, the, the time looks reasonable. I mean, it's 900-metre form, so I don't know. There's always a slight career on that, but, I, I, yeah, I agree with Rob. They look... Um, some, uh, might be some smart horses coming out of this race. Okay, we'll jump across to race five, which was the spring stakes over 1,600 metres, and the short favourite rule the world went down, uh, finished fifth, and Asiago was the winner there. They've gone very slow here, 6.7 lengths below the class benchmark. Obviously, none of the horses have broken the overall figure there. Uh, Mark, anything out of race five for yourself? No, I was... I, I ended up not betting. I wanted... Um, I just wanted a bit of a bigger price rule the world. I thought he was, you know, clearly top pick. He was just so well placed at the set weights in the race. Um, couldn't find Cavelmo at all. I thought it was way too short. And um, uh, Indy Carr didn't really like his map over much. Um, 
So I actually was keen to back the favourite, but they, he was so solid. He, he touched the 240 I wanted in a couple of places for a few seconds, but I missed. I, mean, I couldn't get on, and uh, that worked out well for me because he, he had a pretty easy time in front, I thought, um, and was quickly beaten in the straight. He was yeah headed by the 200. Um, the place getters all had reviewing the, um, the race yesterday. I thought, well, you know, you could make made a case to back any of those place getters on what they'd shown. If you knew the favourite was off, um, that was the key, I think. But um, you know, Asiago back to bounce back to her best um, New South Wales form. She'd failed in Melbourne. Um, Game of Thorns was an improver, and um, Don and Kim had uh, won really well at Goulburn. Was un undefeated this prep before that. So yeah, they, they all had reasonable form coming in. Were all very attractive odds if you like them. And um, yeah, when the, when the favourite punctured, um, it was left to them to get the job done. Rob, what did it look like in the yard? Oh, look, I thought he played pretty similar to he did um, at Rose Hill. That ruled the world. Um, couldn't really knock him. But again, like two for 240, agree totally. I thought he was well-placed at the at the set weights. Um, so I think I ended up second in my numbers. But my mom, my dad and me all independently found Cavalmo, uh, which was perfect waller. Um, well-backed. Um, looks like a decent three-year-old. You know, there's a few of these horses that look like decent three-year-olds for sure. Um, it was once a time-honoured race with, you know, great winners, including Magic mm -hmm. Albert. But um, it's, uh, you know, now a bit of an after kind of, you know, you've got Goulburn form. I think that Don and Kim is is a reasonable horse with a bit of scope. I think he, I could see him winning, you know, with James Innes on. He seems to have gone well. Um, yeah, don't know what to make of Cavalmo. Uh, was slowly away, but um, did suck up nicely and... Yeah, it was very disappointing. Uh, Indy car, I think you had it in the numbers. Third, it looked was a total to, today or never. I trained, you know, looked like it was very, very fit, um, which is not how I like my horses. Um, yeah, a race, a race that I want to forget about. Um, it's been a, a good race to me in years gone by. You know, I'll say I've had one in two winners, and I thought Cavelmo was going to be another one, but not this year. Can I just? Ask, do you think they've moved this race? I mean, it was kind of a spin champion lead up, among other things, when it was in September. Um, is this just deliberately on Sandown Guineas Day as another spoiling tactic? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. race over a mile on Sandown Guineas Day. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it does It does look that way, doesn't it? And, but maybe they didn't mean... No, it's looking that way. <laughs> um, just another thing on this race, I, I got in touch with you after this, Robin we were sort of talking about whether the fence might be no good after Rule the World had folded up so meekly. Um, and mm -hmm. the consensus seemed to be that maybe it was, but um, that wasn't the case in the last uh, few races. No, winners, leaders go home, as in the yep. next race. We'll go there, Pete. Yeah, absolutely. So race six was the Hunter, the uh, the million-dollar uh, first-time spooky event, over 1,300 metres. And as you mentioned, yeah, Sabatiano there for the Cummings Yard and uh, the Blue Jackets. Got the job done there. They have gone fast here, though, uh, for the class. They've gone 3.9 lengths faster than the average to the 600. And every horse down to Graf, which finished 12th, has broken the class benchmark. Uh, Rob, we'll start with yourself. What did the yard present here? Uh, it's a trap. Um, <laughs> that's what it presented. Two, two very classy Chris Lee's horses uh, in Graf. And, you know, the multiple Group 1 winner, winner Lara Main. Um, so I thought either those two were going to win the race. I started backing Graf at about 4.50. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I think 
Pete, do you have what Betfair had him out towards the end? It just seemed like a lot of money traded. And you know, I'm not one to you know whinge about my day on social media, but but after this, I did put out that they knew um, graph. Never, never likely, even though seemed to get the perfect run, looked amazing. Um, we had tactical advantage in the numbers, but yeah, it, it's it's uh, shocking. It was a shocking race for me, um, personally. <laughs> um, what can we t- any horses you want to talk about, Mark, Pete? Um, you know, um, Graf off to the barn. What, what, yeah. what do we do with it? That's the end of him. Um, I, I thought there were three chances. Um, uh, Sabatiano, tactical advantage and graph, and I backed tactical advantage and graph. So, yeah, similar story to you. I, I really like, I thought the winner would come from those three, and I thought, well, um, Sabatiano's only chance is to give you rev right up and go to the front. And having looked at the previous race, I thought, well, maybe that might be a plus. Um, yep. And they, they aren't that aggressive, it might be caught wide. So I thought the barrier one way or the other was going to be a problem for it. And it wasn't. Went straight to the front, straight to the fence, uh, carved out good time and kept going. Um, there was a bit of chat after the race about whether Nash um, could have got going earlier on tactical advantage, and perhaps he could have, but uh, I sort of came to the conclusion that he was unproven at 1,300. Um, mm-hmm. He's got great acceleration, but it's a short yeah. sprint, and if he'd circled you know, on yeah. 11 from 600, he wouldn't have won either, I don't think so. I don't think you can blame Nash for its defeat at all. Spot on. Would have busted the horse if you tried to do that. Yeah. You know, It's got a 200-metre devastating sprint, as it showed in Melbourne. Um, yep. And thirteen hundred was going to test it. Uh, you know, there's a lot. Runs inside and, and save it for that crack at it, but the, the leader just kept going. That's what lost. Yeah, Bra- brave song was an, he's another nice looking horse, but he was making some some sounds in the yard that you know springtime maybe the barn. Um, it did it was had his mind on other things. I think is what I'm trying to say. Uh, Renewal looked really good. Um, I think we had him fourth in the numbers, um, but yeah, can, can we move on? Uh, yeah, it's making me sick looking we, at this. We can indeed. Uh, we'll go to race seven, which was a benchmark 88 over 1,300 metres. The winner was into the Abyss, uh, horse that's been running around in uh, in Victoria. In terms of the class, even to the 600, 0.8 length slow. Um, none of the contenders have broken the class benchmark. Uh, Mark Ronan, anything for yourself out of this event? Um, no, I, I stayed out of the race. Uh, for one reason and one reason only, and that was that Brock Ryan was riding the horse I wanted to be on, and he was a short enough price, so I had to let it go. And um, anyone who was watching the Newcastle races or following it on Twitter or anything would have um, seen the outpouring of outrage about outrageous um, after the event and Brock's um, Brock's ride on it. It um, some may argue he was a victim of circumstances, but I just don't think he was paying attention to what was going on in front of him. Um, he, he did have a chance to ease off the fence um, approaching the turn, and he should have been aware that, um, you, you know, that the pitfalls that were uh, right up ahead of him, and he wasn't. He just ended up riding straight up asses, and that was the end of him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Look, uh, last 50 rides for Brock Ryan, two winners, 4% winning yep. percentage. Um, that's pretty consistent in the last 12 months, so... I guess that yeah. uh, probably sums up a lot of it there. Uh, Rob, your perspective from the yard in this race? Look, this uh, this was I thought I was going to get it all back here. Outrageous. Um, I didn't like first up at, at Rose Hill. Uh, he did, you know, a couple of things wrong straight away, so I was, I was quick to pen him that day. And here I found him, and not just me found him, my old man found him, and my mum 
so it was all three of us found him independently, and um, it just looked like the goodest of good things. You know, I, I wasn't, you know, paying attention. Brock Ryan, how many? What's his strike rate? It just looked like it was going to win three dollars fifty odd. Looked good, especially when you had, you know, horses like Marillo in the race. You make me smile, Catesby. I know all these horses really well. Into the abyss. Um, was on her first up in uh, at Warwick Farm, had her in the numbers, um, but yeah, just couldn't quite see her beating this outrageous because it looked like it improved six lengths on its previous run, and um, yeah, as it turned out, it was it was um, an unlucky no. unlucky bet. He, yeah, he, look, they should always try and push off. If you're on the best horse in the race, you should try and push off before the corner. Um, Take like any equation as much as you can. Yeah, just just poke, poke the other. I think it was Catesby. You know, just just poke it out. Just push it a yep. little half a horse wider. Make a gap for yourself. You know, what what would Brenton have have dollar do? Oh well, yeah, obviously. You know, the, the, <laughs> I mean, Brock, one of Brock's. I don't want to. We shouldn't turn this into a complete sink the boots into Brock Ryan session. But um, he he won on. This was one of his two wins in his last fifty. He rode it first up, but um, yeah, yeah, I was on it this time. But the, yeah, the difference today, there were a, a ton of leaders in the race. Catesby, um, You Make Me Smile and Murillo. Um, the other day, he got outside lead for free and just literally had nothing to do. It was just a question of when he let it, go, let it down. You know, on Saturday, he was going to have to do something a little bit clever at some point and he, he couldn't. Did we discuss the data, Pete? Yeah, yeah. We, uh, well done. Yeah, they've only gone even in that event, but... We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll move to uh, to, to race I, nine. I backed up into Noir here, yeah. um, you know, so just just oh. gone bang bang, and then I thought, you know, I think Dico sent out perfect Waller Noir. It's, it's, it's got to be a bet that mare's race at Sandown. Do you see that, Mark? Do you think she was unlucky, or am I, or am I crying? Yeah, that's her though. Get back, you know. Yeah. Let's get back. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on. Race nine, it was a benchmark 72 over the 1,200 metres. They've gone very fast here, eight lengths fast to the 600. Every horse in the race has broken the class benchmark in the end and Burning Crown led them up at that strong pace and was too good in the end. Uh, Rob Scurry, we'll start with you. Uh, race nine out of a yard perspective, anything to follow here? To follow, look, I thought the favourite here looked looked pretty damn good, pretty forward. Um, it was always going to be hard to beat. Uh, I'm talking about Leviathan. Um, that was slowly away, though. Um, seemed to have just sort of punctured the last 50 metres. And, and, but I, I was pretty keen. I think I mentioned uh, these two horses on previous pods. I, I found Coterie and uh, Pecuri out of the yard. Um, again, my old man found it, Pecuri, without... We all, we all found it. We all liked it. Um and yeah, it looked like to back up well. I actually bumped into um, the trainer uh, in the in the back parade, and uh, he said, "I said, you know, tough run at Rose Hill the other day. How's he come on? Said, come on, very well, son. Uh, I'm gonna go <laughs> forward." And um, yeah, anyway, that gave me a bit of confidence. The horse looked great. Um, I cu- I couldn't find Burning Crown, um, number seventeen. Um, just on, on looks. Um, so there was there's three or four horses I like the look of here. Uh, Coterie again, I think will improve, but it might just be a, you know, it's got baller form. It should be red flag for me. Um, what else can we talk about? Anything else? A, a Burning Crown. I, I, as I said, Mark, I missed it. Um, you reckon yeah. it's run a really, really exciting time here and yeah, um, good horse. Leviathan was my best of the day, and 
uh, at first glance, I thought he was disappointing. I thought he might have he sort of lay in a bit, got his head up a little bit when he was chasing Burning Crown. But having had a look at the times and stuff yesterday when reviewing it, I think he's gone pretty much to his best. Um, and the other one's just flown and gone to the front and very similar to Sabatiano, just couldn't, couldn't be caught, which was uh, unfortunate. But that's the way it goes. I, so I don't think Leviathan's failed. Um, I, just looking at him on TV, he looks like a lovely horse. He's got a beautiful action too when his mind's on the job. Um, I think he'll be winning plenty of races and better races than this. But he just uh, ran into a horse uh, who was backed off the map and um, had his birthday on, the, on Saturday, I guess. Yeah, he will, should go back to three-year-old class on, on Saturday and, and bolt in, you'd think. Mm. Um, yeah, really nice type. You know, another beautifully presented Snowden horse that probably costs a lot of money. So, um, yeah, I, I agree. Um He's probably the one to follow. And as Pete touched on with the punting form data, they've all run, you know, well for their class. So you can make a case for all of these horses can win a race somewhere. If we just touch on the overall podium for the day, Savatiano and Burning Crown have posted the equal highest adjusted figure for the card and Leviathan was third. So that probably puts it in perspective in terms of the overall race. Uh, look, Mark Roden, for yourself, uh, a horse to follow out of the meeting. Um, well, I think everyone's going to find outrageous. Um, Leviathan, I touched on. He won't. He'll be. He won't be any odds next time he appears. I don't imagine. Um, one uh, falls into a bit of a similar similar category as Leviathan in that it's run really well and just bumped into one that's had its birthday. It was Yushayreb um, in race eight, the Richard Friedman horse. Um, that winner, Strom, um, is capable about once of prep of putting in a run like that and. Um, Saturday was the day, unfortunately, for people who were on Masharab. Um, she did it last prep and she beat Real Min Ruby, who's a really nice mare, and somehow Strome just pulled a run out of nowhere and did her that day. Um, Masharab's been beaten two lengths, but he's run really well again, and uh, same class next time. Um, if you get a price, he's probably worth backing. And Rob, for yourself, one horse or a couple of horses to follow from a yard point of view? Oh, I kind of agree, agree with what Mark's just said. The, those three Musharab did parade well um, I think I had a second in the numbers um, Tilia Rose probably out, out of the two year old you know I, th I, th I think um, you know it's got some good improvement in it um, but you know with two year olds as a, as a new champion a new budding 20 million dollar cult not never far away okay, so we'll good. take them as they come that's the point I'm trying to make very good very good Mark Roden the week ahead for yourself courtesy of Champion Bets and Winning Edge Investments uh, we've got a rare Rose Hill midweek on Wednesday. Um, quite like them, generally. I mean, obviously the rail will be out, but um, you tend to get a bit, you know, a bit better than stock standard Wednesday when they're uh, when they're at Rose Hill. So looking forward to that. And we've got uh, provincials on Thursday at Hawkesbury and Gosford on Friday. So a pretty heavy week. Bong Bong Cup Day on Friday too. Although unfortunately um, we won't be covering that one. <laughs> Rob, for yourself, what's uh, what's the yard uh, presenting for for New South Wales subscribers this week? Nothing, mate. Sad, sad to say. <laughs> um, I, I'm uh, I'm it's it's Wollongong. I won't be getting to Bong Bong, um, but we, we won't be getting to Kembla either. Um, track I've never been to, but yeah, I've, I've taken the weekend off, um, and I'll be back uh, Friday week, probably at Canterbury, and definitely I think it's Randwick. Um, so, yeah, I'll just be taking a little break and, and you know, betting my ass off on WA. I, th I think you're going to be 
Seoul representing the mailbag uh, for the big railway meeting over there. Yep, uh, I believe that is the case um, with a few, I guess, uh, out of the metropolitan area meets uh, in New South Wales and Victoria this weekend. Uh, looking forward to just jumping into the yard on railway day. Just had a small win on Saturday to get the eye back in. Um, be there at uh, Wednesday as well at Ascot and then back up onto the Saturday meet. So I can't wait. Uh, there'll be a few horses, Rob, that I'll no doubt discuss with you um, before the meeting because I think there's a couple of Raiders coming over. So I'll get your point of view on a few of those. But uh, looking forward to it. Um, guys, it's been a pleasure as always. And uh, we'll, we'll discuss during the week uh, whether or not we uh, do a pod next Monday. It just depends on... Uh, Rob, if you want to get involved on, on a meeting that you haven't been to, but uh, I'm sure we'll have a, a few chats and come to an agreement later in the week. Oh, I can always talk crap about horses or, yeah. you know, David Brent or, you know, Prince <laughs> Andrew. Yeah, the, the horses are, things. you know, sideline really. <laughs> Outstanding work. Okay, guys, thanks very much for your time and uh, I'll speak to you both again next week then. Okay, no worries. Okay.